0: Yes, we're back. It is episode 53 of the Hibs Ramble. It's uh, Liam here this week, your host. It's just me and Sean this week. Sean, how on earth are you getting on, mate?
1: Very well, mate. Very, very well. Looking forward to what is a humongous game this week. How about you?
0: Massive, massive week for the football club, isn't it? Uh, No, I'm getting on pretty well. Uh, This is the second time that we've tried to record this as uh, my Wi-Fi has been absolutely shambolic. So, uh, we've had to resort to recording on my phone and my back is going to get really sore because I'm leaning over all, all evening. So, that's uh, that's the first moan that I've got to got to have a wee moan about today. So, listen, uh, before we get into any of the football, we've got, I touched on it on the live um, the other night when we were playing Luzerne, we've got a bucket hat to give away. Elite 7 bucket hats. so if you want to be in with a chance of winning that bucket hat um, stay tuned because I'll let you know how to enter the giveaway a little bit later in the podcast um, very very exciting stuff Sean as you, will, it, it, it. as you will probably know but listen let's, uh, let's firstly touch on Luzerne away um, it looked like it was a mad couple of days for the high bees that went over um, we know Mark went over. Uh, he he landed there on on Wednesday, through you know Beirut, Basel, Vietnam, wherever he, wherever he was going. It was some mental route that he had. He, he he got there in one piece, and it looked like uh looked like one of those one of those all timer, all timer away trips. Sean, what did you think of, of the footage that you saw?
1: Yeah, I think I knew that. The moment I made the decision that whether I was going to go or not, I knew regardless of the reasons why I decided not to go, that I was going to regret it anyway. Yeah. And shock horror, I, I do regret it. But it does look like one of those that regardless of the fact it was a draw, just the magnitude of the the result against the opponents that it was against, you know, everything that comes in with the whole trip it, the way you need to travel to get there and all the, all the stuff that comes with it, that'll go down in, in, in history as a lot of the supporters' best European away trip. And it'll take some in because it looked absolutely tremendous.
0: It looked unreal. It really did. We know Mark had an amazing time. We wish that, uh, we wish that Mark was actually on the pod tonight to talk about it, but um, unfortunately he, he can't make it. So just getting on to the game there, Sean. Um, I don't know, did you did you manage to catch the game? I know that you were you were fairly busy on Thursday night.
1: Yeah, I managed to manage to catch the game. Obviously it was my sister's birthday, so we were having some scram for that. Um but no, caught the game. Um didn't take the risk of trying to legally slash illegally stream it. So paid the paid the funds that were required and I tell you what, I know we'll get on to the game in a minute, but humongous fan of that commentator. Um, big, big family, the work that he put in and the research that he clearly put in before the match, because I could I could listen to him and Ali McCoy as a as a duo week in, week out.
0: I feel like I've missed out here, because obviously Craig and I were watching the game, but because we were streaming our reaction live on YouTube, we couldn't have any of the, you know, the sound or any of the video come across on the stream, so I, didn't, I wasn't actually able to listen to him, but I've heard that he was—he's he's you know, up
1: there with Peter Jury like like it's close.
0: I've heard it's that close. he was tremendous, so I'm actually pretty jealous that um, that you all got to listen to him and we didn't. But listen, that live was was brilliant. I really really enjoyed myself. It was it was well well fun, and thanks to everyone who got involved and sent a question or sent any abuse or whatever. We had quite a lot of Brazilians in the live at one point. I'm not too sure. Not too sure if there's a big Brazilian uh, Luzerne contingent at all, uh, but that that was a wee bit confusing. But um, did the game go how you how you expected it to go, Sean?
1: Um, not really. I, I I didn't expect us to see it through. I thought, in in typical Hibs fashion, we would have found a way to to mess it up, and it would have been a disaster. And you know, we would have been the the clowns of Scottish football again, but thankfully, well, Lee Johnson and the, the the players on the park managed to get the result and and get us over the line. Um, I felt that I felt that although we were under the cosh quite a bit by Luzerne, I don't really feel like they threatened us too much as well. And I know that kind of contradicts it, but I, I feel like the Luzerne threat that they posed was very similar to the, the first leg where they just seemed to dominate the ball a lot but not really do anything with it um, mm. but on the flip side, every time that we seemed to go forward and every time that we had the ball we, we looked dangerous, I feel like we, we played really, really well um, in the first half I feel like we carved out quite a few good opportunities, um, very similar to the first leg, I feel like we just picked our moments and managed the game very well, so credit to Lee Johnson for his team selection, credit to the team for um, taking on board the tactics and and the changes that we made at halftime as well, because I think whatever Lee Johnson mentioned at halftime, I think that kind of helped settle the nerves and kind of take us to to another level in in that tie.
0: I think we spoke about that, didn't we, when we were on the last time, just talking about how we managed the game in the first leg and I thought it would probably be a very similar uh, way that we approached the game in the second leg, and it looked like it was like we well, were trying to, we're trying to, you know, kind of case them out and and see, see what they were all about in terms of how they were going to approach the game. Obviously, we knew that they had quality, and um, goes without saying, you know, they've 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 got quality. That they're a they're a good side. Um, you know, some would even say that Hibs were the inferior side. Um, I mean, even the Lazard manager would go on record and say that what a prick man eh but um no I, I was I was really really happy with the way that we played. Like you said I was I was waiting for the fuck up to come but thankfully it never did and um listen I think you you put it exactly right. We chose our moments and we chose them well and obviously we made them count which is something that you know our league form hasn't quite reflected uh, very well so far this season so the fact that we were able to do it on a stage of that magnitude and and were able to get ourselves over the line for this glamour tie against Aston Villa was was outrageous really and it's it's I don't think people actually realise how big how big a scalp we've we've taken from Lizerne here. I know that obviously, you know, the Swiss League and stuff is is um kind of similar to the Scottish League in terms of um funds and stuff and and how often teams play in Europe, but it's it's the ties like that that we don't usually get through. You know, the ties that, you know, it's against a team that you've maybe heard of before playing football manager or FIFA or whatever, and then, you know, it turns out they've got too much quality for us and we end up getting getting chucked out. It's exactly the same with Hutch and Rosenberg, you know, I don't like to give that lot any credit uh, across the road, but you know it's it was a massive, massive night for Scottish football as a whole on Thursday, and it was all because of Hibs and Hearts.
1: No, I completely agree. I think Luzerne obviously finished fourth in the league, but there were only two points behind second, and I'm sure the team that finished second was the side that Rangers ended up playing. So I know Rangers managed to make it through, but they obviously had a tough test against that side, and I obviously.
0: Keith kind of as well.
1: Uh, and it was, it was tough it was tough for us as well at times and and you're right what you're saying about Hearts. I know Rosenberg aren't quite the rosenberg the old, but it's it's a big game, and you still need to get past them. There's a reason why they're at that round and the reason why they've got the coefficient that they have so um not nah, a big big night for for Scottish football and an even bigger week now for all the teams involved
0: yeah I I've, I've seen somewhere that um you know people were saying this is Hibbs's reward you know, for for getting into Europe and getting this far, our reward is this tie against Aston Villa, and I don't know if I would really want to look at it that way, um, as as a reward, being able to play a team. I, I think a reward would be getting to the group stages and getting to experience that. I, I, I say that when we drew Aston Villa, I was like, oh, there's no really any winnable ties there for us, and I still don't think that there would be, but Aston Villa was by far and away the most difficult tie that that we could have got out the hat and, and we got Aston Villa but I've been saying it all like since Thursday, like it's it's not a foregone conclusion just yet. Like we can't just assume that we're gonna get pumped out here because you know, stranger things have happened. As Craig mentioned on the Clyde won super scoreboard and he was on the he was on the radio on the other night. But um no, I think Obviously, it sets up a massive, massive tie, and it's it's going to be weird seeing an English Premier League team coming to Easter Road for an actual competitive game rather than just you know two halves of a different eleven and a stupidly friendly. You know, it's going to, it's going to actually mean something, and it's going to get the crowd really fired up, I'm buzzing, buzzing, buzzing to see it.
1: No, so man, I think. Um... Because it's a night game, competitive, I think it adds a little bit of extra spice. Because there's a certain individual in the middle of the park that's coming back to Easter Road as well. Um, listen, I don't want that to overshadow the the magnitude of the game. Um, but listen, if it gives the players that little bit of edge, and if it makes that certain individual for Aston Villa just a little bit worse, you know I won't be complaining. Um, I know I didn't like Ellie Watkins either. Nah. not like Douglas Louise. But um I think based on ticket sales, it's gonna be a sellout. Obviously it goes on general sale at ten AM on, on Wednesday morning due to the mess up that the ticket office of have, have had, they've had to obviously delay it. But I don't think that's gonna impact it at all. Um I think it'll f think from a crowd perspective it'll be very similar to the five five. Where there'll just be such a big buzz about about the stadium going into the game, um, and it'll look like that, like the half and half away stand as well in the south stand. So really looking forward to it. Um,
0: five
1: five right now. I tell you what, I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't mind. But um, I liked the fact that we're going into the game. I know we're getting away review reviewing the Luzerne game and we're we're not really previewing the Villa game yet. But I like the fact that against Luzerne, Boyle, Yuan. Inventi managed to get some minutes together in a competitive match um, mm. and they looked really good and I think, listen if we're going to stand any chance and we'll come on to the Villa game soon enough in regards to how we could potentially try and get a result, but I think if if we've got any chance in any universe of getting a result, it, we need those three on the park at the same time. Um it doesn't matter who you come up against the, They have a real threat and Lazern looked like they were really, really scared of them the other night. And they were really fearing of leaving them exposed at the back with the pace that Boyle and and Ewan have. And you've seen that, especially with the second goal. So um, where Ewan's obviously done really, really well, cut it back for Boyle. I think I've seen that before at Easter Road in a certain certain game as well. So listen, we'll take another one of them.
0: For sure, and it's, it's funny that you talk about those two players and getting minutes on the pitch because uh, they both started on on Sunday against Raith Rovers. Um, it was a, a fairly changed lineup. There was a few changes. I've not got them in front of me here because I'm recording on my phone. I usually have that up on my phone. Um, so there was quite a few changes. Megwa Harbottle uh, came in. Yuan and Boyle kept their place. Uh, help me
1: out here Sean Jamie in. came in you had Lafondra and Doidge he had a beta left back which, was, which I was really happy to see after what I mentioned in the last episode about Lee Johnson being able to trust the bit left back or not um, yeah. I, know, I know it turns out to be only Rafe but you know Rafe did give us a tough game so um, yeah very 4-4-2 like to it you've been buzzing to
0: see Meg was starting
1: though Sean well, tell me about it I may as well get the flag order now yeah um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, listen, he he done okay. Um, there was a rash challenge in the first half where he got a book in, but um, well, listen, that that happens in football. So he's a Victor Hi, he didn't he he didn't do any any overly overly wrong in my opinion. Um we see, the first competitive game.
0: Yeah, I thought that when when he got the ball down on the ground, he was always looking to make something happen going forward. He wasn't. He wasn't too hung up on, you know, getting the ball back to Hamlin or, or getting the ball inside to Jago. He was always looking to beat his man down that wing, and get a little bit of space in behind there. And you know, it's, it's actually it's it's quite nice to see. It's something different, um, you know, to what we've had before. He didn't beat his man every time, but you know, he was getting he was getting by Les quite often in, in that first half anyway. Um. And I thought he looked really, really good, very, very strong, for for still just a a, a young guy. How old is he? Sean, nineteen, is he? Nineteen, nice.
1: So, but he, he, he struck up a good link with Ellie quite a bit as well. Yeah, he was just good. And you know, we've seen a bit of overlapping as well, which we've been crying out for. Um, mm-hmm. our wing backs getting forward a little bit more, and maybe that was why he went with a beat on to try and. Get further up the park and allow Boyle and Yuan to kind of cut inside and help Lafondra and Doige and and Jago could kind of then just sit in front of Harbottle and and Hamlin. So yeah, yeah, it was a very it was a it was a very poor first half. Um, for me, the changing point in in that match was was Joe Neal coming on. Um, his lively performance, considering the opponent that we're going to be playing on Wednesday night, um, surprised me. Listen, I didn't want Yuan and Boyle getting rest, but they did. And it turns out, obviously, Yuan managed to get a, a, a goal and an assist or yeah. got, a, got a goal anyway. So, it just goes to show that maybe Lee Johnson just doesn't trust the, the depth and any squad that he's maybe got. Because I was expecting to see, you know, Alan Del play, play, um, maybe McAllister, maybe Rudy, um, Henderson. Maybe I expected them to get minutes and, and none of them got minutes. Um, yeah. Obviously maybe if the tie was won I think they would have came on, but I expected a, at least a couple of them to start. So um I, I thought
0: so as well. But do you think maybe that because um because of what happened in the League Cup last year and maybe even partly because of what happened over in Andorra, um he didn't he didn't want to be seen like he was taking that risk again. I mean, he, he could have played all the young laddies and, and we might have won four, five nil but I think the fact that he's picked that team and that's been a, a conscious decision for him, even with the game on Wednesday night being of such importance and such an intense game, that he's obviously still taking this competition very, very seriously.
1: Yeah, and and rightly so. Um, I was I, it was mixed emotions when I seen the team. Like I wanted more players rest, but I was impressed that we were going so strong. Um, yep. I didn't expect it to be as difficult a result as it was going to be, as it turned out to be. I didn't think it was going to be as, you know, as late on as that, that we were going to get the goal and then we were going to go behind. And yeah, listen, our big player stepped up. Venti came on, got his goal, which again, great for him. Uh, he'll be fine, although he got the, his burst nose. Um, that's a real welcome to Scottish football for him. So, yeah, that's no, good to see that. Yeah. Um, club have came out and said that he'll be fine for for Wednesday which is good Thank God. Dave. yeah um it's good for Harbottle to to get some more minutes listen he was absolutely rotten against Blackpool um but it was very solid the other day so again just another competitive match under his belt and we got over the line I couldn't I couldn't have really cared how we'd done it it was just all about getting the results so yeah we got yeah. managed to get minutes in the legs A Miller again and Maybe just more about keeping those players fresh rather than anything else. And thankfully, we didn't get you know any injuries or or anything like that that could potentially affect Wednesday's starting eleven. And I think maybe Lee Johnson yeah. would have had in the back of his head that on Wednesday night, because it's at home and because it's going to be a sold at Easter Road, the fact that maybe Jago played 90 minutes, Neil got 45, Yuan played, Boyle played, Venti played... Adrenaline is going to get the majority of those players through that match on Wednesday night. I think the real yeah. test will be, you know, the Livingston game, you know, the following weekend or this weekend coming. If we manage to still be in the tie, come um tough. Yeah, it's going to
0: be tough. It's, it's going to be certainly a tough um, eight days for the for the football club uh, for sure. Um, just quickly on on. The you know the second half of of the race game. Obviously, Yuan gets his goal from the corner. A wonderful nil delivery. He changed the game. I thought as well Uh, when he come on at halftime. You know those kind of like strong runs that he makes through the middle of the park reminds me of John McGinn actually a little bit. Mm. Um, The way that he was able to just hold off defenders, he's been able to add that to his game since the start of the season, Sean. I think the fact that he's he's now I know that um, Jack Cross and Maloney and David Cray and all that played um in the middle of the park, but it feels like Lee Johnson is getting the best out of, out of Joe Neal.
1: Yeah, I think he's just given him the the license and the belief to play the way that he's playing. And I think he's asking him to do stuff that maybe other managers have tried to stop Joe Neal doing. And and Joe's been a lot more effective in, in those bursting runs. And I think those kind of runs will be vital on Wednesday and the following Thursday um, in the middle of the park. It'll be it'll be huge for us to get the midfield balance correct, considering the team that we're going to be up against. But yeah. we need performances like that. We need runs like that. We need players like John Newell in the middle of the park who's going to pick up a ball and do, like you said, a John McGinn run. Just try. Take a pass four or five and then buy a foul or whatever, get the crowd up. um, And I think that level of performance will be massive because Villa, when they have conceded, or when they conceded the other week against Newcastle, they were vulnerable a lot for like, second midfield runners coming into the box late and making those driving runs that, that Newcastle done very well the other week. So if we're to get anything, I think it could stem from the level of performance that Joe Neal has. And thankfully, we're playing a team that he absolutely despises. So it'd be great.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think no one could have asked for For a better match for Joe Newell, eh? Joe Newell couldn't have picked a better game for Hibs in Europe um, than Aston Villa. But listen, we will get onto the Aston Villa game in just a second. Don't worry, we're we're so close, we're nearly there. But first, we have a pie review. Which pie is the best in the pie review? Which pie is the best in the pie review? Now, Sean. Did you go to Easter Road on Sunday? Uh, no. Oh, you didn't know. There's a shock.
1: No.
0: So uh, your, your Easter Road pie review will need to wait until... No. until
1: fair play to everyone Easter that did
0: go on Sunday. But I went. I applaud them. Fair play to me. But Hibs, you're up first on my uh, pie review table this season. Mark's been the only other pie reviewer. Um, so far this season and he had a a pie at Motherwell I feel a wee bit dirty reviewing a league Cup pie rather than a a league pie but I was like I'd be be as well just doing it now getting over and done with I suppose do you think that's do you think it's fair? Uh,
1: it's an Easter road pie and Easter road pies count okay, doesn't doesn't matter the competition
0: I'll count it I'll count it so, uh, like we said in the the episode where Mark reviewed the Motherwell Pie, it is now a score out of 25 rather than 20, and that is a score out of 5 for crust filling, temperature, price and uniqueness. So, um, I got the steak pie at Easter Road on Sunday, and to kick you off with the crust, it was a 3, and I'll tell you why, Sean, it was soggy in places, but where it was good, it was absolutely brilliant the rim was nice and crunchy and the lid <laughs> the lid was the lid was like it was really really good it was perfectly cooked like golden brown it was class it was the the kind of the underside of the pie that let it down it didn't have the same crisp not have the same crunch um and it was just a bit soggy and not great which is going to be mental wind you hear about the filling. Filling. Three again. And uh, the steak was lovely. The gravy was really good. But it was far too thin and watery. And there wasn't yeah. enough of either. There wasn't enough of either. And I can tell you that I think there has been a bit of an improvement in the pies at Easter Road um, this season. Although not a lot of ramblers think so. I mean, I've got a lot of uh, comments on the tweet that we put out about the pie. Um, negative comments. And listen, I'm going to be the first to say it, Sean, I didn't get perfect liftage
1: out of the metal case. I think that's key as well. I think that's key to your score. And I think it'll be interesting to see the other Easter Road pie results from Mm -hmm. uh, myself, Craig and Mark, to see in comparison to yours how kind of far off it is and see maybe how accurate those um, statements were from those individuals about your pie.
0: Absolutely, and I didn't get perfect liftage. I got near perfect liftage, I would say I got maybe about 83% liftage uh, out, of the, out of the metal case. I did manage to get it all out afterwards, but it took a bit of you know scraping with my finger to get it out. And that's just no one wants that shot, no one wants that. No, when you go to the football no. to enjoy yourself and have a nice pie. The last thing you want is to be scraping the fucking pie out of the metal case and with your finger. Absolutely Just
1: look like not. an absolute tramp.
0: it's disgusting. Your finger gets all steaky and gravy and all the rest of it. Oh, it's not worth it, mate, honestly. And
1: you're sitting there sucking your fingers at you Easter Rod and
0: Exactly. It's
1: not what you're exactly.
0: After. No, absolutely not. Um temperature, however, was a five. And it was I've got here absolute prime pie in temperature. Well done, hips. Now, this pie kind of gave me the vibe of it was freshly baked when I got it, rather than it was baked and then reheated. Because then when it's baked and reheated, it gets far, far, far too hot. Yeah. I feel like this was freshly baked and maybe left out for 10 minutes, so it was like at the prime temperature.
1: I feel like you find that with the pies that are at a non-league game, mm-hmm. where the crowd is low and they're not rushing to make the pies. Very similar to which the...
0: Which is why I thought maybe it was bad to do a review for a League Cup game, but fuck it, I'm going to do it. I mean, I'm the creator of the Premiership. It's my, it's you my rules. You make the rules. You make the rules. My rules. I'll decide. Um, so, temperature five. Price is a three, and it sits within the average range of uh, which I deem acceptable to pay for a pie. Which uh, is? Well, <laughs> between three... 20 in like 380 I think is fine for the pie plus I got my 10% season ticket holder discount so do you know what I'm looking forward that? to what's that
1: Villa Park
0: scram review well that's if we get that's if we get a bloody ticket Sean um, so the price is at a 3 uniqueness however is a 1 fair and uh, I've got here Hibbs offer a very good range when it comes to match days but pie selection lets it down. Only steak and scotch to choose from. Whereas we had, I think, steak scotch, the chicken and curry one last season, which was unreal. Um I think there was a macaroni pie as well last season. Yeah, there was. Even, yeah. that would, even that would have bumped up the bumped up the score a wee bit. But you know, steak and scotch, if that's your only pies that you've got, then your uniqueness score is going to be a one, and it's as simple as that. And that uh, leaves him with a score of fifteen. Out of twenty-five, which I think
1: is okay. On paper, it looks it looks it looks decent.
0: I mean, it's you're kind of you're kind of looking at the middle of the road there. And if you if the if the un, uniqueness was you know a little bit higher, if it went up to three or a four, you know, you'd be sitting pr- very pretty, mm. and more like the top of the table. So, listen, Hibbs, if you're listening, Mister Kensal, Mister Johnson. Um, please, please, for the love of God bring back the chicken curry pie you brought back the peri, peri chips because of fan pressure but please bring back the chicken curry pie because it was outstanding I loved it and that concludes this week's Cinch pioneership. Which pie is the best in the pie review Which pie Right, Sean. Let's get into it. This is the bit that everyone has been waiting for. Villa on Wednesday, a massive, massive tie for us. Probably, you know, out with cup finals, the biggest game I think uh, ever, I've ever, I've ever, you know, had the pleasure to attend. Not I'm not there yet, of course. Probably the biggest game of my lifetime being a Hib supporter. I don't know where it ranks for you, out with cup finals and such. But how do we need to approach the game?
1: I think in regards to where it ranks, it's certainly up there for me. I think if I was a little bit older when we played Athens, I mean I was at the game, but you know I think I was maybe only eight or nine at the time. Can't remember the year we played that. I think it was 0-1 or something like that. So um, that for a non-Hamden non. Against a non-Scottish side was one of my favourite games at Easter the Road. The and then the like the AAA one that we had a few years ago when we won three two, when we came back. That was really good. But I think when you take into consideration the level of opposition, the potential types of players that we could be coming up against. I know Coutinho went off injured at the weekend, but like you know that's the type of player that we could be coming up against. Um, we're going to come up against a World Cup winner. As well, so it's got the makings of, you know, putting the result or potential result aside. It's got the makings of one of the the best games that you could attend at Easter Road in a very, very, very long time. Especially in our gener, especially in our generation.
0: This might be our
1: generation's Athens. I would probably still class Athens as my generation, but yes, I get the point that you're making. I don't class your Athens
0: as your generation, Sean. Cheers.
1: But were, you know, like five at the time? Nah, I
0: was... If it was all one I would have been four. Nah, so... I, I don't think I would have
1: been there, from, to be honest nah. with you. Nah. No, but, like, you're, you're talking... For the boys that obviously got to experience, like, the... The 70s and stuff like that, um, and everything that came out, this is kind of our version of it. I know the European competition is different. Um... The level of opposition is different, but you know the quality, the level of football has, has changed and came a long way since then. So when you take all of that into consideration, and the fact that we're playing a side that <clears throat> are one of the favourites to win the whole competition as well, yeah, and the will, the, they off, certainly will be. I know they certainly will be one of my favourites because of the manager that I've got in the dugout as well. Um, very, well, very so excited for it. well. that we become the favourites.
0: <laughs> absolutely not I think like you say it is generation defining for a lot of Hibs fans there's going to be a lot of young laddies going to see this game who you know will watch the Premier League and match of the day week in week out and they'll see you know your uh, your Costas your Coutinho's uh, Ollie Watkins Martinez World Cup winner of course Lucadinho I mean, the list goes on and on and on. I mean, they just bought the boy DB from, um, is it Leverkusen they got him from?
1: Yeah, but Unbelievable player. 35,
0: 35, 40 million or something like that. So, um, you know, they're absolutely not short of top, top quality players. Um, And, you know, you you, you can see yourself, uh, I watched the highlights of their game against Everton earlier on. And yeah, they were very, very good and Everton were. Went great, to be fair, but listen, the the speed that these players move the ball at and and get the ball around and round the back of the defence is incredible. And I'll tell you, another another person who's going to be defining for this fixture that's going to be Martinez and goal for them because he is. I mean, at this moment, he's probably one of the best in the world. Surely, you'd, you'd have to think World Cup winner, Golden Glove winner at the World Cup um you know you, I think no one would really say put a goose if I said that Martinez is probably in the top 10
1: oh easily uh, easily I'm a big fan of his as well and I'm a big fan of the shit that he's he's got in him as well so um a nah, big fan I think he's a great goalkeeper <coughs> a little bit suspect at times but he's one-on-one some of the performances he can pull out are are unbelievable um, and mm-hmm. that's just that. That's just starting with the goalkeeper. You're not then talking about Paul Torres, who they've just signed as well. Yeah. Um, sure, he's won the the Europa League brilliant centre half. You've got Matty Cash. Uh, Look at Digne, like you mentioned as well. Douglas Costa, Konza again. Like, honestly, it's, it's a Did joke. I
0: say Douglas Costa? Is it Douglas
1: Luiz? Is it Douglas Luiz? Sorry, that's what I meant.
0: One of the two. Aye. I can what it looks like. He's got the the blonde cornrows in that, eh? but no, he he's, he has some player Ollie Watkins as well. Don't know if i mentioned mentioning. Bailey,
1: you've got Leon Bailey as well, another great player. I mean,
0: unfortunately, I don't. It doesn't look like we're going to get to see Philip Coutinho or Emi Bendia um, because they're injured. Tyrone Mings as well, another one who misses out through injury. My chances for, if he
1: was playing, I'll tell you that. Who? I'd fancier chances if Tyrone Mings was playing. He is rotten.
0: Well, if he was playing whilst he was injured, aye, maybe. Couldn't
1: Um, he get a game ahead of Will Fish and Paul Hanlon, I'll tell you that. maybe, no way. Rotten. But, um, you know, we
0: we spoke about it earlier on, Sean, but is it a foregone conclusion that we're going (coughs) out in this playoff round? Or, do you think that there's... I mean, obviously there's a chance, but do you think in your in your heart of hearts that there is a chance that Hibs qualify from this round?
1: The closer it gets to kick off, the more likely I am to say yes to that (laughs) question. But that's only natural. I think, I said this other week, I've tried to detach myself over the years about the emotion that comes with supporting Hibs, but it's very, very difficult to do. And the reason why I've tried to do that is because, not of instances like this, because we don't come up against opposition like this, but you go to Tincastle, you go to Hamden, and you're, you're like, oh, we're going to get beaten. And the closer you get to the game, like, you're guaranteeing yourself a victory before the ball's even kicked. So, um what well, I'm like for Wednesday. Well, um, <laughs> I think the vast majority of our support will understand and accept the fact that it will be a miracle that is required. You're talking, like, prime Barcelona Celtic kind of level, if not bigger. Like, you're maybe talking a Manchester United versus an upper League One side in England, like that kind of thing. But these upsets do happen. Um, I know their manager is very, very experienced on a European stage, but um, you're just hoping that some of the players can maybe get put off by the the Easter Road atmosphere. Um, There'll be one player that will be thriving on that, that's for sure. But I think the fact that there's not any pressure on us, I think the fact that the players know that there's not any pressure on us from the support. Um They have that ability to maybe relax a little bit more, maybe try things that they maybe normally wouldn't try. It's a sold-out Easter Road. It's a night game. It'll be under the lights. I think the fact that we're playing at home first is a huge, huge factor in the tie as well. If we were to go to Villa first, then they were to put us to bed. Yeah. Then we're just coming up the road to Easter Road to... You know, have a kick about when we're already five or six nil down on aggregate. You know, the lively performance ah. and the level of support that would be in that that game, Easter Road, just wouldn't be anywhere near what is going to be on Wednesday. So I think the fact that we're at home is is huge. Mm-hmm. Um, if we look at the last two results that I've had, obviously they got pumped off Newcastle, five one, and they they scudded Everton four 0 and I think even Lee Johnson's hip side could scud Everton. You know that's sort a of pull. Everton are potentially going to be this season. If we're going to get anything for the game, we do as we touched on earlier on. We need those kind of runs from from Joe Neal or those your second man runs for Josh Campbell if he's on the park, whether it be the second half or not coming into the box, arriving late. Villa do seem to struggle with that, um, tracking the, the the late runners, the second balls. Um, so like. When our balls getting crossed into the box and we're getting the first header they're maybe not picking up on the second one and they're getting exposed there the fact that Digny and Cash play so so high to allow their wingers to come inside very similar to what Boyle and Yuan will be trying to do um, for us I think because we're playing at home I think we maybe need to take that risk and say right Yuan right Boyle you's maybe just stay high and wide let them let them come in yeah. and just ask a lot of whatever that midfield three is going to be to try and double up on on their wingers and their midfielders to just to try and give us that out ball. Do you think, think it'll back. be kind of like,
0: um, you know, when Robbie Nielsen was in charge first time of Hearts, I know that this is a far cry, you know, in terms of quality and stuff, but when Robbie Nielsen was in charge of Hearts um, the first time and he loved to play his, his full backs and his wing backs really, really high, and our joy came from getting in behind them, the long ball over the top and hitting them on the counter. Do you think that's going to be maybe the same sort of vibe that we're going to see on Wednesday
1: night? Potentially. I think the way that both sides want to play and try to play are very, very similar. Obviously, Aston Villa being a far, far, far higher level than us. But in regards to trying to get the full-backs high, you know, whether it's Stevenson or Obita or whether it's Miller you know, Miller likes to bomb forward, Obita likes to be high and wide as well. Boyle likes to cut in and try and get involved in the game and shoot, so does Yuan. Very similar to how, you know, Diabe or, or Bailey might do for them, or Matty Cash might do on on their side. Um a lot of their success against Everton came from their wingers cutting inside. Yeah. Which is why it's gonna be such a massive importance of our midfield being on it because they're not only going to have to track the wingers coming inside if we're hoping to keep boiling you in higher up to try and expose them when we try and attack but then you're going to have to then keep an eye on Douglas Louise, Tamara, John McGinn and all these second and third runners that are coming in the box and picking up the scraps and they're naturally going to be more alert than us so we need everything to be pinpoint and I think
0: yeah.
1: a lot of the game We'll we'll try and keep them wide, and we'll just try and get as many bodies between the eighteen yard line, um, and try and make them cross the ball instead. And I would back Hanlon and and Fish and you know Lewis Miller to win a header against you know Diaby or Bailey or Watkins and things like that, because obviously naturally they're they're taller. Um, so it wouldn't surprise me if we try and keep them out wide and force them out wide. Um, and trying to ask them to cross the ball a lot instead of cutting in and doing quick one-twos it's just whether we can cope with the onslaught of the attack that they're going to have and again, picking our moments, if we pick our yeah. moments correct, if we start strong, if we start fast who knows um, it's easy to sit here and say that we're going to take a scud in and and we probably will it wouldn't surprise me if we go down to Villa and we're already getting beat two, three, four, five nil. and over the two legs it could be a six, seven, eight, nine. It, that, if that happens, that wouldn't surprise me. But I think a huge, huge, huge part comes down to the fact that it's at Easter Road at home, and there's just this buzz about it, like we've not seen in a long time for a non-Hamden, non harch mm. non-Old Firm game.
0: I think w- what we need to r- remind ourselves as a as a club is that we've earned the right to be here in this position um as much as Aston Villa have. And I know that there's a massive gulf in quality, there's a massive gulf in finance and what have you. But we this isn't a pre-season friendly. This isn't them doing us a solid coming up and and helping helping us to get fit or we are helping them to get fit. This is a proper competitive winner or lose it game. Like we need to make sure that we are not going out there and giving them too much respect. Obviously they need they, 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 will, you know, demand respect. They're Premier League footballers, and you know, a lot of them are worth tens of millions of pounds. But the, the last thing that we should be doing is going out there and letting them play. We need to make sure that we're, we're on top of them, like you say, nullifying their threats, um, and taking our chances when they come. And you know, they might be few and far between over the 180 minutes, but the fact that. That we will get chances, and that's a given. Like, there's not going to be in either game. Hibs aren't not going to have one chance to score a goal. Like, we will, we will get chances. We just need to make sure that we take our chances. We, I would imagine that Johnson will know that. You know, they won't be every five minutes. They probably will be few and far between. But like I said, we have earned the right to be here and play on this stage, play on that park on Wednesday night and next Thursday, as much as they have, so we need to go out and make it count because we can't just assume that our European journey stops here, like, because if we do that, then we are going to get beat, and that's the, that's the bottom line, like if we go, oh, well, it's been fun but, you know, Aston Villa are going to go through, like, what's what's the fucking point in even turning up then? Like, there's there's no point. So, you know, we've got to believe in ourselves, we've got to be realistic, of course, but what we need to remember is that you know we are here, they are here. This is, you know, both of our seasons are are probably going to. I mean, if we won, this is it's going to our season's going to hinge on it. If they win, their season's going to hinge on it. You know, it's it's a massive, massive game for both sides. Um, I'm hoping that Aston Villa. I don't think that it's as big a game as we do, and they send up their reses here to play against us. But like you said. Unai Emery is um, is a yeah, very very yes. experienced a very very experienced manager when it comes to when it comes to playing in Europe. So I wouldn't be surprised to see a, a completely full strength Aston Villa side um, at Easter Road on Wednesday. But it's our job to stop them and it's our job to beat them. And I think as long as we're as long as there's time to go in the game, there's a chance. And that's what we we need to believe in ourselves. And I firmly believe. One nil, Hebs.
1: I think we. I think we also need to remember that Lee Johnson has done very well tactically in the two Luzerne games against an opposition that is better than us, regardless of the fact Villa are so much on paper, so much better than us in every every way, uh, apart from the fact that we owned John McGinn before them. <laughs> Lee Johnsons went to Villa Park as an underdog before, and you know, regardless. Of how he got on then, he'll have learned both good and bad things about that level of performance and what was expected. Yes, it was a while ago, but the the prospect of him taking a side to Villa Park won't phase him, and he'll understand what's required. Mm -hmm. It's then just up to him as a manager to get it tactically correct in his team selection and what he asks for the players, and again. As we've seen in the two Luzerne games, it's up to the players to then perform on that stage and pick their moments at the right time and influence the games in, in the right areas and do the right things and play smart. And if we do that, who knows?
0: Listen, I don't think the, a motivation
1: uh, is going to be an issue. You know, the
0: players are going to be motivated. Joe Newell said after the Luzerne home game, you know, if you can't get up for this, then, you know, there's there's no hope for you. So. I mean, the players will be fighting tooth and nail in training, I'd imagine, um, to get a start, a spot in that starting 11 um, on Wednesday night. And you would imagine that the 11 players that are picked are going to give absolutely everything and leave everything out there on that park um, to make sure that we're going down to Villa Park with at least something to fight for. Hopefully, um, hopefully we go down, you know, and this is, you know, probably me being a, a big happy clapper here but hopefully going down with you know the the game tied or like a, a slender lead hopefully fingers crossed um or even just you know one nil down and, and it gives us something to, something to kind of hang on to if we go down there and it's three four five nil then it's you'd be as well just sending the dev squad you know what i mean so
1: yeah but then if, if if the result does end up like that on Wednesday night, we could have a, an opportunity in our hands where Villa I think the tie is done. We turn up at Villa Park to get an early goal, and they've already got a week inside out. You just don't know Liam like anything, literally anything could happen, so imagine um, listen, I know where the Villa weaknesses are. If I can spot them, Lee Johnson can spot them. So it's just all about implementing the right tactics at the right time to to expose them. Yeah. And again, I think the fact that... Um, I'm assuming Block 7 are behind the goal again. A bloody yeah, obstacle. I, so. I think so, yeah. Um, I think that'll play a major part if they are there. Um, even if they weren't and they were in the East, I think the level of atmosphere that's going to be in that ground on Wednesday night, regardless of the fact it's, it's an early kick-off, I think it is going to be electric. And, and it's one of those where because of the kick-off time, people are getting half days, people are taking the day off, people are getting away from work early, they're coming straight from work, so they're going to have that buzz about it. And I think that's just going to play a massive, massive part.
0: Absolutely, 100%. then, I'm going to ask you for a score prediction. I don't think, I know. No, know, well, Craig probably would, wouldn't be too fussed about it because the game is only a couple of days away at time of recording, but <sighs> go on then, Sean. With do you do you do you want my do you want my head?
1: I want, your, my, I want your heart. I want your you heart. You want my heart. Uh, my heart says three two. Hibernian. <laughs> right, I'm, <laughs> I, gonna, head, I'm gonna. I, I would just want to get this out on record and my head says four 0 Villa.
0: Well, I don't want to tell you what my head score is. I'll, go, I'll tell you my heart. My heart says one 0 Hibs head says
1: 1-1. One, one. <laughs> I'd take either. I think regardless of the, <clears throat> however the outcome is on, on Wednesday night, it would be rude of us not to touch on obviously the game at the weekend as well, in the living game. Um, It would be very, very interesting, especially if we're in the tie in any way, shape or form, even if it's like we're two goals behind or whatever, yeah. it would be very, very interesting to see not only the lineup that we have on Wednesday. uh, Sorry, not on Wednesday, on Saturday, because the game's staying on the Saturday, to see how we face up. And not only how we face up, but how we perform as well. Because people, naturally, if the tie's, whether the tie's over or not after Wednesday night, or if we're still in it, there's going to be that hangover again. Um, I don't like using that, but I think with a game of this magnitude, it's only natural where there's going to be a hangover of some kind. And there's still going to be players with an eye on being fit and being able to play at Villa Park, do you know what I mean? Like Ellie, you and I'll be dreaming of going down to Villa Park and performing and getting a wee, getting a wee reel up on his insta, a real sorry up on, on his Instagram um, for everyone to watch. So, I don't know what you think going into Saturday as well. I know it's all if buts and maybe's at the moment. Depending on Wednesday, I'm not going to lie. We've still got after th- we've still got 35 league games after this. If we're still within the tie, I couldn't really care less about Saturday's performance and Saturday's yes. result. As long as we're still in the tie, going down to Villa Park.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I don't know. I, if the tie is done, I'd like to see us go all out and 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 beat Livingston and, and or at least try to beat Livingston and put out a, a, a strong team because we do. I know that there's 35 games left after this, but. Um,
1: we also don't want to get into a rut.
0: Yeah, we we need we need the points on the board. So I think if the tie's done, I'd like to see us go all out against Livingston and then maybe I don't know, it's difficult because obviously you don't want to embarrass yourself at Villa Park either. But listen, we'll cross that bridge when we come here, I suppose. Right, so moving on from Villa, we've actually like I said at the start of the pod, we've got uh, at least seven bucket hat to give away. Uh, to one of you lovely ramblers uh, who didn't manage to get their hands on one uh, when we did our very very limited rerun, and it's completely sold out. You can't get it anymore apart from this one bucket hat that is up there in the top, the top drawer of uh, of my wardrobe. That's that's where it is at the moment. And you could win it. You yeah you watching this right now? Yeah you. Mm-hmm, you could win it. Um, and all you need to do is tell us the most obscure place. Comment down below or tweet us or, or message us on Facebook or whatever. Tell us the most obscure place um, that you would wear it, that you would wear this bucket hat. And the most obscure, the better. And uh, we'll go through the comments and we will pick the best one. And the best one won win the hat. And then it's as simple as that. So if you want to be in with a chance of winning the bucket hat, then tell us the most obscure place you would wear it and the bit, the most obscure place uh, will win the bucket hat and it's as, as, as simple as that Sean where would you wear your bucket hat what is the obscure place you would be at?
1: I would have worn it if, in Iceland if we um, no Iceland, Finland if we had it back then going oh, to when you see Santa I would have worn it then um, I don't really have any holidays planned but it would certainly be somewhere obscure from there probably yeah I'm talking
0: like obscure, like wear it to a funeral or something.
1: Well, now that you've like, said that, I've got a we- I've got a wedding on um, at the weekend. I'll take it with me and I'll just. Come on,
0: John, God, son. you can wear it to my wedding.
1: I'm one of the I'm one of the groomsmen as well. So when, when oh, yeah. the guy's walking down the aisle, I'll just chuck it on. Get a wee selfie. And you can win the bucket.
0: Imagine, imagine. Amazing, dude, amazing. Right, okay, just quickly before we go into the listener questions. um... Of course, we went through in the League Cup on Sunday. Uh, We've been tied against St Mirren at home. Um, Buzzing for a home tie, to be honest. Celtic obviously going out against Kilmarnock. Hearts get Kilmarnock away. Do you think that there's a good chance that we could go on and win the League Cup this season, Sean?
1: Well, on our award show at the end of last season, I did predict that we would go on to lift the League Cup. So we've got a much better chance than we did last week. Yeah, um, yeah. we're at home on paper it's a good tie albeit we've already been beaten by St Marin. Um but on paper it's a good tie, we're at home one game away from Hamden I like the fact that Hearts are are at, at Kelly against a Kelly side who have already beaten both the Old Firm yeah. and against I don't know if it's both the Old Firm and Hearts or if it's just Hearts and, and Celtic at the weekend they've not conceded a shot on goal so defensively they're very very sound and they've mm. obviously not conceded in those, in those last two games as well. So Derek McInnes has done a very, very good job at the moment. Um, at the moment, long may that continue, uh, and he knocks, he knocks hearts out. Obviously, Rangers have got loving living I mean,
0: but, but then we didn't get
1: them in, in the final. No, and then they can get Rangers. But Rangers have obviously got another home tie. Who Who's seen that come in? Certainly not me. I guess so, yeah, no, we're in a good place in the League Cup. got a good chance. You've got to be in it to win it, and we're still in it, unlike some teams.
0: Absolutely, and that's that's the main thing. Like, if you didn't buy a ticket, you're not going to win the raffle. And I would imagine, like I said earlier on, I think Lee Johnson has taken the League Cup a, a little bit more serious this year than he did last year. Um, obviously, it's not pre-season games technically anymore. So, it's, uh, you know... We're, we're into the you know the last the last eight of the cup, so that's um, that's where you want to be. It's so if we could get a trip to Hamden, it would be I think it would be a fairly good result for for the League
1: Cup, I suppose. I think Lee Lee Johnson himself needs a trip to Hamden as well. I think uh, obviously we uh, not yeah. we've not taken us there with the League Cup issues that he had last season, with the amount of people that still want him out. I think it would be good for him and for the club if, you know, it's always good to get to Hamden. It doesn't matter if you get to Hamden, you've got to go on and win it. But I think for him to experience Hibs at Hamden and hopefully be successful would be great for him. And I know through speaking to him and when supporters have spoken to him and when he spoke in the media, that that's what he wants. He wants those big games. He's got one on Wednesday. Um. He's got one next Thursday, and he's got the opportunity if we can get past St Mirren to to take us to Hamden, which I know he'll be frothing for.
0: Exactly, and l- listen, you look at you look at the state of us in the first two league games of the season. Obviously, we've not picked up any points, but you know we're one we're one game away from Hamden in regards to the opposition. We're one hundred and eighty minutes away from the Europa Conference League group stages, so it's
1: um it could turn would you would have, you would have to three, took that. You would have took that yeah. at the start of the season. Lose the first two league games and you're within a chance of group stage football. Simple.
0: Exactly. And it's, uh, it's, a massive cha- it's a massive chance for us in both competitions. Obviously, the Scottish Cup's not kicked off yet, but it's a massive chance for us in both competitions for us to you know progress a little bit further. So, hopefully, hopefully we can do it. Um, obviously, we'll talk more about the St game when the time comes. But for now, Sean, we're going to wrap up with the listener questions. Now it's time to answer the Hibs Ramble listener questions. And I believe you are going to read them out, because I can't use my phone. I'm recording on my phone.
1: Are you recording on your phone? You have no sight. I am
0: recording on my phone. Can you tell Like that I look a wee bit better?
1: Camera quality is really good.
0: Camera is a wee bit better this week, eh? so.
1: I didn't know your phone had a wide lens. I'll
0: be... <laughs> I'll be back to my Shan laptop camera next week, don't you worry about that,
1: Sam. Um, Colin... Super dry McLennan. <laughs> By then, with any recommendations on where to watch next Thursday's game in Birmingham, should I be unable to secure tickets to Villa Park, and I don't have any recommendations? I've never been to Birmingham. That question is coming a week, or maybe even five days too early, yeah. because the following week after the away game, I'll be down in Birmingham for work. So I'll tell you then. I'll tell you after I've been to Birmingham. The okay. next game week after the game. Fair
0: enough. Just in case we get there again. I'm sure Keenan Power will, will let us know. I think he did that for the Luzern. pubs in, in Luzerne. So I would imagine that we'll we'll find out some we'll find out somewhere to go. And even if we don't get tickets for the game, which obviously I'm hoping that we do, um but if we don't then we'll I'm sure it'll be indeed, a yeah,
1: massive party atmosphere. Alright, well I still know Joe his family are going. His friends and family are going. We'll just go there. Uh, Gav Dick can we as a fan base stop getting the managers back after two defeats getting bored now don't get me wrong if we have zero points after October then we should consider it it's fair
0: yeah I think it's football I've said it time and time again if I've said it once I've said it a thousand times it's just completely knee-jerk all the time isn't it like you know, no one was calling for Lee Johnson out after, I know we never won on Thursday night, but, you know, we, we progressed in the tie. So it felt like a win, really. No one was bothered about Lee Johnson having a job um, after that game. No one really bothered about Lee Johnson having a job uh, yesterday when we went through in the cup against Wraith Rovers. So, you know, it's it's just fickle, eh, when it, when it comes down to it. And listen, we're, we are all... We are all guilty of it at one point or another. I don't know how I've got this much patience for Lee Johnson. Um, because usually by now, if it was any other manager, I think I would be on their back as well about getting them out the door. But I think the fact that you know we've had so many managers in such a short space of time, the fact, you no, know, the, the the appeal of sacking a manager and getting another one and doesn't. It doesn't really whet my appetite at the moment because you know what's coming really it's just another rebuild and that's not what we need at this moment in time but no i think gab is absolutely spot on i think if people take a step back look at the big picture and go actually it's not really that bad is it
1: i think no you know i like a hypothetical so i'm going to hit you with one gab mentions if we've got zero points by october what if by the beginning of october we have a trip to Hamden mm-hmm. against a lesser opposition in the mm-hmm. League Cup, so a tie that's winnable.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: We're in the Europa Conference League group stages because we've knocked out Aston Villa, and we've got zero points. But we've got zero points. Do we play Hearts before the first of October? I have not got the fixtures, at hand, I can't remember. I don't
0: think. No, I don't think we do. I think we've got Hearts, Celtic, and Rangers in October. Eh? No, I would take it. I give Lee, Lee Johnson contract for life if we get if that happens.
1: Um, Now, John, I've left your question until third, because I wanted to tease you a little bit, because I'm sick of you not telling us what you're having for dinner. It tells me sometimes. And and sometimes, or never actually, you follow up with a picture. So if you want your question to be read out first, John, we want to know what you're having. It's only common courtesy if you're asking the question to return your answer. So start telling us what you're having. But what are you having?
0: Well, we've just been shopping today and I think I'm going to have some salmon fish cakes with some rice, some golden veg rice. And i bought some mushrooms as well. So I might um, fry up some mushrooms, maybe a bit of garlic or something like that. And then I've got like a a hollandaise sauce as well to... Do you know what? I like
1: like the sound of that. I like the sound I, know, I, thought, I
0: thought you would have liked the sound of it. I had I salmon quite as like well. I, I had quite salmon. Right. I'm trying to make a, a couple of more healthier choices at the moment with a wedding coming up and stuff. So, you know, I've chucked the pakora pizza and I'm onto the salmon fish cake. So, buzzing.
1: I had um, salmon with my pasta. It was lovely. Really good. I love a bit of salmon,
0: man. Honestly, salmon's class.
1: Um, you're going to have to give some context to me and the listeners on this one, but Harvey Scott just replied with Mick Gangbang. Yeah. Um,
0: <laughs> this was uh, a... <laughs> if, if you go down, I'll reply to him. Um, oh, no, I've,
1: read, I've read the reply, but...
0: So this was something that we were talking about on stream on Thursday night, Craig and I and and the, and the listeners, and someone asked what my McDonald's order was, and I said, well, what I like to do is get a double cheeseburger or sometimes a triple cheeseburger if I'm feeling hungry, uh, and then, like, kind of split it apart, get a male chicken and plonk the male chicken in the middle.
1: And uh, it's called a McGangbang. Do you know what? I don't mind that. And the next time I get a McDonald's, which at this rate will probably be travelling down to Bunnel. Villa Park or travelling back up to Villa Park, I'm going to get that. And well,
0: I'll, I'll join you because hard. obviously I'm going to be in the same car as you, so I'll join yes. you. And it, is, it, it sounds weird to have chicken and beef in the same burger, but because it's not really beef and it's not really chicken...
1: It doesn't it, look as bad. Going by the picture, it doesn't look as bad as it, it sounds when you describe it.
0: Mate, it's so good as well. Like, I've had that for years. Like, I would do, I've would i done that for years.
1: Um, Haley fired in huge leaf 7 bucket hat wearer, might I add. Very impressive. I love to see it. Um, Just how big an impact will Jo Newell have on this side this season? However, we should be comfortably beating teams like Wraith. But feel we were off the pace for most of the game, especially in the first half, and I think she's absolutely spot on there. We mentioned it already. I think, comfortably, so far this season, Joe newell has been our best player. He was towards mm-hmm. the end of last season. You touched on it the other week with Jago coming in. Not necessarily Jago as a player, but you know, someone in that role has allowed Lee Johnson to get more out of, of Joe Newell and he's excelled as well. Um and I think if he continues this, I know he's thirty. But we're, we're going to get to the point at the end of the season where he's playing that well consistently that we'll be lucky to have him if he continues you know, to yeah. be that consistent.
0: Yeah, and I think, just to touch on the point of we should be beating teams like Wraiths comfortably, I agree, I think we should be beating teams like Wraiths, Rovers, comfortably. But you can't underestimate the fact that they were going to Easter Road on Sunday like we'll be going to Villa Park next Thursday. It's a cup final for them. It's season-defining, really. Like They might get... I'll be in Rovers in the Scottish Cup and get beat. So their their biggest game in the season is Hibs Away. Um, so they're obviously going to be up for it. Um, and you know, to give them their due, like to credit them, I thought they played fairly well in the first half. They caused us, you know, a fair few problems. And, you know, some would even say we were lucky to go in at nil-nil. But listen, um we should we should really be taking better better care of these teams but I think you can you can kinda excuse it a little bit because I would imagine that the players had one eye fixated on Wednesday night and you can't really blame them because if I was in the same position I'd be like oh get this game with Wraith Rovers over and done with as soon as um because I want to make sure that I'm alright for Wednesday. And I think I think that you know the players are only human. Obviously they're professionals and stuff and I'm not trying to you know, shame them or anything like that. But I think it's only natural that you, you play through that game, just try and get through it, get through the tie and focus on Wednesday. And no one would admit it at the club, but I'm sure there was a lot of people at the football club that were. That were I think
1: football. it's only natural when you saw the level of performance that we had in the first half, especially for the likes of Yuan. Um, He just looked like he didn't want to be there and he only had his, you know, it was only
0: interesting I didn't want to be there either.
1: Exactly. Well, exactly. Neither did the majority of the support that's going to be there on Wednesday night, hence why they didn't buy the ticket. But then, obviously, Joe Neal comes on and he just gave an extra 10%, 15% to other players and that got us over the line, you know, naturally. Yeah. Big bread bins. Big fan of that handle. Um, if we beat Villa over two legs, should we be demanding the custody of John McGinn? And I also love the question. <laughs> and I think it's only natural that it's... um. A winner takes him again, if I'm honest. If we win yeah. on Wednesday, we get him for the second leg. If they win on Wednesday, they keep him for the second leg.
0: Aye, that's
1: fair. He's like a floater. Aye. Mm-hmm. I think um, he would be happy with that as well.
0: Aye, probably. It can, it's kind of got shades of the bad motherfucker title, you know, the UFC belt. Um, I kind of meant who fought for that. Um, but it's it's kind of got shades of that, you know, winner gets him again. I'd I'd be happy to take him again, but does he get in our midfield? Maybe not. I'm not
1: too sure. He'd do a job. Off the bench, maybe. My sister came in with a question as well, um, asking if I enjoyed my double wafer cone from Lucas while I watched the game. Now, anyone that knows me, before I get on to criticising the actual question, knows that the Rolos in Musselburgh is far superior to Lucas. Sorry, it's just the way it is. I don't make the rules. Don't make you the ice don't cream. The it's, just, it's just facts. It's facts. If you like the Lucas, go to the Rollers. You'll get a better ice cream, better quality. So I wasn't happy that we had to get a Lucas. I also wasn't happy that I missed the start of the game because I got made to go to Lucas. I then wasn't happy as well because the quality of the ice cream wasn't what I was expecting it to be. And I also wasn't happy because I asked... For a double scoop cone well I read, to fair play to the girl I asked for a single scoop cone and then she started scooping it and then I saw it was only a little bit more price-wise for a double so I went oh in fact can I get a double so instead of taking the one scoop off the one scoop cone that she'd already done and put it on the second one and on the double one she just got a second scoop like a double scoop cone and just put the single one in it and then put the single scoop on top so I had two wafer cones, a single inside a double. So by the end of it, my mouth was beyond dry. So it was not enjoyable, not an enjoyable experience. And that for someone who, great. for someone who is such a pro, de Rolos, um, two words, won't be back.
0: What? What flavour ice cream did you get?
1: I just went safe with vanilla. I just went safe. That,
0: well, that's what you've. That's what you get, to be fair, by being a little bitch. Go Tell you what,
1: Vanilla. go to Lucas and then go to the Rollers and come back to me. I've been to Lucas and it's great. It's great.
0: It's absolutely great. They've never messed up my you're. Actually,
1: I'm just telling you that the Rollers is, is, is superior. It's
0: maybe because you're no proper musty. Maybe that's what it is.
1: What difference does that make?
0: Maybe they just didn't like you. Didn't like your
1: kind. Maybe, hey? that's, a dif- that's, a, that's a different level of conversation that we maybe need to have with the employees <laughs> of, of Lucas and Masabara.
0: Maybe that should be uh, the East Lothian Ramble.
1: We should start, we should do an ice creamier ship. <laughs> just going around Scotland and tasting an ice cream that is close to each stadium. See how that goes down. <laughs> so yes, um, Megan, improve your level of questioning because you were there. You're aware of how that ice cream tasted, and you're aware of how I felt after it. So <laughs> that's, you, that's
0: a quite bet. pathetic, quite
1: pathetic question, to be honest. It, it is. It's it's disgraceful. I'm actually embarrassed. i mm, will
0: be the first to say it as well. I'm
1: embarrassed. Uh, moving on from one embarrassment to another, my dad came in. Now we asked, <laughs> we asked for questions, and he provided us with a statement. So not after good stuff. However, I hope Joe Neal plays all 90 minutes on Wednesday because he's a game changer. So he redeems some level of points because he's factually correct. However, he is stating the most obvious thing. So but, um, Another new, the
0: grass is green.
1: Correct. Well done, Martin. Do better. Cheers, Mar-o. Um Jack Nicholson says, can't see us go- getting anywhere with Johnson. Um, understand we won, but should be winning 3-0. And I think that kind of ties into what you were saying regarding Haley's thing, um, Haley's question about the fact that we should be beating Wraith more comfortably, but due to the nature of the game and when it was, the circumstances around it, that kind of plays a part into the level of the performance that we had. Wouldn't you agree?
0: Yeah, I just think that sometimes we need to chill out, calm our jets with expectations. We can't be going out and, and thumping Wraith Rovers 3-4 now when you know the players will have an eye on Wednesday night so it's just not realistic but listen I get the frustration I completely understand that you know obviously not winning two of uh not winning either sorry of our opening league games and um you know that poor first half against Ray Trovers. I get it I really do get it and I, I understand that you know the patience is running fairly thin with Lee Johnson at the moment but so
1: we've got to back him until he's not the manager anymore because you know we're not going to get anywhere if we don't. Yeah, I'm going to merge two questions into one here. One for Jeff Ashton and one for Rudy on Instagram. So first of all, I'm delighted to see that Jeff Ashton is alive and well, considering the shit show that he had um, for Luzerne. I'm glad he made it back to Edinburgh alive, which is which is good to see. And well done, based Jeff. on based on the the photos, looked like I had a well good time as well. Um, He's talked us through the team for Wednesday, so I'll go through his team and then you can hit me if you agree, disagree, where you'd make the changes, because that's the question that that Rudy asked us. So Marshall, Miller, Fish, Hanlon, Stevenson, Jago, Newell, Obita, Boyle, Venti, and he's put Yuhan, so I'm not sure if that's a a sign-in for China or or what, but (laughs) um, now obviously it means Ellie Yuhan. So that's the team that, that Jeff is went for I, I don't really see the field again. Jago, Neil, and then it depends if that's a two, and then however you want to place Obita, so a Boyle, Venti, Yuan is up to you.
0: I think the only change I would make is, and I feel bad saying it because I love him, but I think I would trust Obita over Stevenson at left back. Um, on Wednesday night, and maybe bring in another centre midfielder. Maybe Campbell. Campbell will give you energy. Um, I, I don't know about Dylan Levitt, I don't know if he's fit eh, or available to play at all. Um, but you know, I think a midfield three of Jago Campbell, Nul, maybe maybe does us all right with then uh, Obita and Miller. You know, either side of a back four, and then your front three: you and Boyle and Venti. So. I wouldn't you know, don't don't quote me on what the team's gonna be because I've not got a clue but I would I think I would prefer having Obita um starting a left back rather than Stevenson,
1: to be honest with you. I think that would then come back to the question that I posed on the last episode though, and I wonder if maybe that's why Johnson likes having Obita ahead of Stevenson, just to kinda of give that defensive security for for both of them. I tell you what, though, regardless of Louis Stevenson's age, I am really, really looking forward to him going up against either Diaby or or um, Leon Bailey on on their right side, because that is going to be either tremendous to watch or torture to watch. It'll be uh,
0: interesting. It'll be interesting to see how they deal with players like Stevenson and like Josh Campbell and that. Like I think it will just be. I think it'll be a really Interesting game to watch. I mean, even probably even better if you're a neutral. Obviously, we're going to go in there with the with like being fueled, full of emotion, pumped fully emotion, ready for the game. But if you're a neutral watching it and you've not you've not got a side, I think it would be quite a quite an interesting game. You know, unless it you know takes a turn and it's Villa six head to nil at half time. Um, I think it it probably could turn out to be you know one of the better games that we've seen at Easter Road.
1: Yeah. I don't I certainly don't disagree with Jeff in regards to his team. I don't think he's overly, you know, too far off it. Um it wouldn't surprise me if that is the team as well. I think based on recent performances that's probably what we would need to go with. Mm-hmm. Um, Levitt is, I assume, going to be out. He's been in a moon boot since since the Luzerne game. We don't know the extent of the injury, so we've just got to hope that it's not too long. Campbell seems to maybe not really be trusted to start in these bigger games based on recent team selections. Um, it will be interesting to see from the midfield onwards what that team selection and shape is going to be because I think the back four is correct and I wouldn't really want to see Johnson go to like a five or a three, five, two mm-hmm. um, because we've just not really fared overly well when we've started like that. What's,
0: what's and, the point? What's the point? You're, if you're setting up to... to I mean, if the first game was at Villa Park, I can maybe understand setting up defensively and trying to take something back to Easter Road. But the first game's at Easter Road. We've got to go for it. And if we don't go for it, then we'll be at the tie. Simple as that.
1: Correct. And I, I, w- I would like to see the same of performance to the second half of the Luzerne home game. Um, I just don't just the think whole game. We, I, What was that? Just for the whole game. Aye, just for the whole game, exactly. But I just don't think we've got the minerals to dominate or or play that well against what will naturally be five narrow attackers in behind Ollie Watkins because their wingers mm-hmm. come in and play in beside and um, behind the striker. so it's going to be a very, very crowded middle of the park which is why, again, I want us to try and force them wide and, and let them just cross balls in for fun. Yeah. So it will be interesting. I think it is a fair team selection from them. I think it's just how do we then how do we then set that up but Yeah, that is us for this evening. I think what everyone needs to do if they aren't already is that we're going to have a massive couple of weeks on uh, the old Instagram stories for the big games, the the Villa game, for both Villa games. Um, So if you want to see some prime content, especially for the away game, you're going to be stuck with me and Liam. In a car on the way down for five hours. <laughs> so we're gonna have to kill some time somehow. So um tag us as much so as you
0: can. We might do an Instagram live or something, eh? We could do like a do it while I'm
1: driving on the way back up the road after we've won and knocked out Aston Villa. <laughs> yeah, let's
0: say we we can maybe do like an Instagram live or something and, and, and chat to you on the way down and gauge how you're feeling and stuff after the first leg. But um also mind and tag us and on and all your stories and, and we'll repost them, you know, if they're <laughs> if they're any good. Uh, <laughs> and because uh, we, we just want to see as much Hibs content as possible, you know, from from the next couple of weeks, it's going to be an exciting time for the football club, as we mentioned. So, yeah, we we we're just we want to share it with you. We want you to share it with us, and you know, we're all Hibs at the end of the day, you know. So, taggers and everything, we 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 just want to see everything, see where everyone is. To be honest, I would just want to go to the pub, and drink Carly.
1: Yeah. The last question I have for you, Liam, is. Where about on your body are you getting a tattoo of who scores the winner against the Villa on Wednesday? Yeah.
0: Please that that. That's just above my right breast for uh, the audio only listeners.
1: I'll make sure I come to the tattoo parlour with you so I can be the one that tattoos on you. And I
0: can tattoo you as, as well. It's only fair. Yeah, it's only fair. Perfect. That's, so that wraps us up, eh? Yep. Yeah. Well, thanks again, Sean, for joining me this evening. I know we had a few technical difficulties at the start.
1: Thanks the night, for
0: having me. I feel like we've uh, we've worked through it and uh, we've, we've chatted through it. We've we've managed to get a half-decent episode back to it.
1: Yeah, good luck to everyone that is um, either still trying to get a ticket for Wednesday and try to get a ticket for the away game. I hope everyone that tries gets one. That's obviously not going to be the case. I hope that, most importantly, me and Liam get one <laughs> and then everyone else can then follow suit from there.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, as, long as, as long as I'm sorry, as I'm not bothered. Yeah. Right, anyway, thanks for listening if you got this far and uh, see you next
1: week. Cheers. See you later. Bye-bye. Let's get ready to rumble.